It's that crime of the month with Nicola Graham and Christiana Brockbank. In this podcast, we'll be diving into a story on a subject that's pretty bloody taboo, happens on the regular, and generally affects women way more than men. Yep, it's true crime. that ratchet uh i saw it on goggle box oh i've watched the first episode but it looks a bit violent for me i don't really know what genre it is is it horror i think it's like yeah horror thriller type thing the bit that i saw on goggle box was pretty um gruesome which bit was it the stabbing of the priest yes where he's just going through the house oh that's like literally yeah literally start like begins with that and i missed it i was like texting someone on the phone and then it starts with thinking i was like oh what if i missed and then i rewound it and i was like fuck <laughs> seeing it backwards <laughs> i'm glad i watched it yeah <laughs> that escalated quickly <laughs> is it as violent all the way through uh no i think i've did i watch the whole episode i'm not even sure if i watched the whole episode or just watched like 30 40 minutes of it no, it did. I find that a lot of Ryan Murphy. We've said that. I feel like we've said this before. It's very, it's very say samey. Mm. And I like. I used to watch American Horror Story. Oh, oh my god! It literally shit me right. Like a lot of them have sh- like, like some I've not even finished. Like there's Asylum. I don't think I finished that because it was too scary. There was a circus one with like a scary killer clown in it, and I don't even. Like, I'm not even scared of clowns, but it was that kind of, like... He was a bit like Zodiac, like, when it stabbed couples whilst they were, like, canoodling. But he had, like, a really scary, like, mask. But it just feels a bit... I guess, because it's all almost, like, using... It's using, like, four... He always uses, like, 40s and 50s tropes, doesn't he? So it's con- it's sort of... the Like, the outfits and the costuming, and it's very... The cinematography is very samey. Yeah, it's very glossy, isn't it? Yeah, so it's... It just feels... Like I've already, it's like that a bit like Hollywood. It's like some of the scenes you could think it could be in that Hollywood. It's so glossy, but no, I mean it seemed okay, and I like Sarah Paulson. I think, I think I like her. Yeah, I don't know, but then I'm also like, does she just play the same character in everything she's doing? I don't know. That's might be a bit contentious. She played the lawyer in the OJ thing, didn't she? With that Ryan Murphy did. Oh yeah, she did. Yeah, she was good in that. I think she's been in most things, hasn't she? Like she's his muse. She seems to have just become famous all all of a sudden. Yeah, she's going out with Thingy Holland Taylor. I don't even know who that is. Is is he? No, it's a lady. Oh, Holland Taylor. Yeah, she's got like shortish ginger hair, but she's like eighty. Eighty. She's like seventy odd years old. Yeah. Wow. I think they're still together. Interesting. Because she was in, Holland Taylor was in Hollywood. Oh, right. Is that where they met? No, they've been going out for like, Sarah Paulson's gone out with some famous women, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, Google it. But actually, I really liked her until, because I'm really into uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills at the moment. I don't watch any others, just that. I have watched New York before and I have watched Atlanta, but Beverly Hills has my heart. (laughs) And my my favourite is Lisa Vanderpump and like Jiggy, the little dog. With alopecia. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't watched it. You should, because it's amazing. The thing is, I probably would quite like it if I watched it, because it is, like, shit TV. And there's, like, it, it, there's, it's just nothing. All the, like, confrontations and controversies and things are about nothing. It's great. Usually about gossip that's not even true. But I read, 
I, w- I googled for some reason Lisa Vanderpump and then I, I think I was like reading about trying to find out feuds that she's been in and god this sounds really tragic <laughs> like I have nothing to do with my, like, my life on a daily basis but I googled it and then it said that Sarah Paulson had a feud with Lisa Vanderpump and I was like mm-hmm. what the fuck and it was because she said that Sarah said that Lisa Vanderpump was rude and then Lisa Vanderpump came back and said uh, well I obviously wasn't too rude to let you hold my dog and then she put a picture on of Sarah Paulson and next to Lisa Vanderpump with Jiggy the dog and I'm like whoa maybe Sarah Paulson's a lying bitch see oh my god see I'm getting into that I <laughs> know you're getting ready for a fight <laughs> getting ready for a fight <laughs> so I'm also drinking gin tonic oh nice I'm on the tea I would be <laughs> drinking gin if I could have you seen in the news that today everyone found out that Donald Trump's got coronavirus? Yeah. Can't say I'm. It's massively affected me. No. It's just one of those things like, I hope, I kind of hope he doesn't die. Like, only a little bit. <laughs> is that really bad to say, isn't it? I mean, I mean, I mean, different. But just because I don't, because then people will think, you know, like JFK, everybody loves him because he got assassinated. Oh, you think that he'll get put on like a pedestal if he dies? Yeah, I, I think. Like a martyr. A martyr, yeah. For like the right wing people. Ugh. Even though he's like, not one to wear a mask at all, is he like? No, and apparently like gloves or anything he just shakes everyone's hands and maybe he's drinking bleach like he advised injecting it that's what he said it's it's not just drinking it (laughs) just inject shooting it up straight into the veins (laughs) Uh, did you watch the debate oh no i watched clips of it the next day i didn't even i I had like a thing on my phone saying like this was happening i thought i couldn't think of anything worse to be honest than watching this shit show and i was right when i woke up in the morning it did look like a shit show Uh, two old men just going at it (laughs) and not even in a sexy way (laughs) (laughs) no Who'd want to see that? Crack it. I did, I did find that sort of thing entertaining as well because he's got coronavirus now. I don't know if the next ones are going to go ahead. He might have given it Joe Biden. Were they distanced? I, I also wonder if it was a lie because I also think, don't think that Boris, Boris Johnson actually had coronavirus and it was all a hoax to get people behind him. Do you think? Yeah, definitely. Feeling sympathetic for him. Yeah. That didn't really work, did it? No. <laughs> Short-lived. <laughs> Gone all political. Ooh. I know, bloody hell. <laughs> it's the first time. <laughs> so, this episode, do you think we should say some sort of disclaimer? Because it's like, if you eat your tea, yeah. if you're having anything to eat. Yeah, maybe don't. Maybe if you're eating, stop. Press pause and put it on when you're, you've not got anything in your mouth. Like, anything. Anything meaty. Unless you're a vegan. If you're a vegan, you'll probably be okay. We decided that we this um, episode we were going to do the story of Armin Maivez. For anyone who doesn't know, he is the Rottenberg cannibal. Or Demetskermeister. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds more scary. The Rottenberg cannibal, Demetskermeister. So there we go. I wonder what it means, Metzgermeister. When I click it in, it just goes straight to Armin Muse, but it must mean something. Oh, I know what it means. The Master Butcher. Oh. So yeah, we're aware that most people will probably have heard about this in the news, but we were both like, well, we don't actually know the ins and outs of like the story. <laughs> the best terminology to use. <laughs> Terrible phrase to use. Um, but yeah, so... As we said, if you're eating... Baby, stop. Put that hot dog down. Put the hot dog down. Pop it in your freezer next to a pizza box. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be uh, a joke for later. (laughs) Okay, so Armin Maivez 
Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> I'm panicking that I forgot. I was going to say Muse. I was really hoping it was Muse. Should we just change it and say Muse every time <laughs> instead? <laughs> that might um, incite, like, you might listen to this and then it might incite hatred of us. My theirs. It just doesn't sound very German, my theirs. Anyway, I should be slagging his surname off. Armin Maivers was born on the 1st of December 1961 in Essen, West Germany. Because remember, at this point, East and West existed. He was the third and youngest son of Voltrud Maivers. He had two half-brothers from his father's previous relationship, but his father abandoned Armin and his domineering mother when Armin was eight. So, apparently as a child, Maivers had fantasised about eating a blonde younger brother. i just clarify this. He did not have a blonde younger brother. He just fantasised about it. <laughs> as far as we know. As you do. We've all been there. I actually had a blonde younger brother. You said that in past tense. No, no, have, have. Sorry. <laughs> what did you do to him, Nicola? <laughs> I drowned him in the bath. <laughs> He's still alive. I don't, I don't think I ate him. <laughs> yes. Oh, I ate him. That's what everyone does, doesn't it, to a blonde younger brother. No, he st- is still, I can confirm he is still alive. He loves his shout out, so he'll love this. Bertold Seberg, a former school friend, said that as a child, Maivers was int- intimidated by his mother. Seberg said what she said was law. She was not like other mothers. He had to fetch and carry for her all the time. I don't feel like that's too domineering or intimidating. <laughs> I feel like my mum probably said, go pick that up. Anyway, who are we to judge? He also talked about the time Maivers turned up to a party when he was 15, dressed in his mother's wig and a flowery dress. Seberg says he was so perfectly made up to look like a woman that no one recognised him. Maivers later told Mr. Seberg that he was confused over his sexuality. Uh, Seberg said Maivers admitted to him at a party in 2000 that he was receiving emails from someone who wanted to know whether he was ripe for slaughter. Okay, first red flag. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I feel like the thing about dressing up for a party as a, as a woman is not like you're trying to fit that in, aren't you? Like to make it seem relevant. I presume this is to probably support a narrative. So this all came out at the trial. So I think this is to support that sort of Ed Gein, psycho Norman Bates kind of narrative. Yeah. And there's definitely like there's a weird relationship with him and his mother, but. It's just whether that is really that relevant. Yeah, exactly. That's what he's into, no problem. Just maybe not what he then goes on to doing. Maybe just maybe just hold back on that, guys. So Seaberg said, I got goose pimples. I thought, what kind of perverts communicate on the internet with each other like that? I mean, <laughs> yeah, about the slaughter bit, but I feel like loads of people communicate on the internet. It's like he's got a problem with, I don't know, MSN Messenger. <laughs> Oh, those are the days, weren't they? After school. Oh, no. Coming on, you know, with someone, you've got someone that you're interested in and they're like, not, yeah, they're not giving you any attention. So then you'd be like, oh, so you log off and then you log back in because it pops up at the side. You'd be like, yeah. (laughs) And you'd have like tragic, tragic song lyrics. You know, it's like you could have a name and then you could have like a sort of, I don't know what it was, like a little... A status. It was like Facebook, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I miss that. Mm. The simpler days. Seberg said that he became further concerned by Maivez's behaviour after visiting Maivez's farmhouse together with his wife later that year. So this is after Maivez's mother had died. So up to this point, 
Myvers had lived with his mother at this. I've read that it says mansion, but guys, if you Google the pictures, that's a very, what's the word? Kind. Kind. Yeah, very broad <laughs> use of the word <laughs> mansion. <laughs> it's certainly not Real Housewives of Beverly Hills types of mansions. Yeah, it looks like a sort of a Bavarian Tudor style. Ramshackle. <laughs> yeah, like a crazy person lives here where they would have like old cars parked up in there. Yeah, and where you'd see like a documentary on hoarding. Yeah, definitely. So Seberg said, my wife told me how all the upstairs rooms were soiled with cat excrement and other rooms were packed with old computers and even a safe but his mother's room was immaculate her dressing gown and slippers were laid out next to the bed it was as if she could return it any minute mr seberg then said that myva showed the this is just like out crazy out of the blue mr seberg then said that myva showed the couple of film on the internet depicting road accident victims with their arms and legs missing which caused his wife to feel sick <laughs> what <laughs> and then that's the end, end of his testimony <laughs> <laughs> I just think, I mean, obviously, yeah, I feel a bit bad because he's obviously like, my Vez is his mate and he's just been like, said all this stuff that's completely supporting this sort of really sort of negative, damning narrative. The thing about the his mother's room being all like pristine, that's got a touch of the Jimmy Savills about it, hasn't it? Like, you know, in the Louis Theroux documentary. Oh, it has. All of her outfits dry cleaned. And did, did he keep getting them dry cleaned? Yeah. I mean, that's I can't even be bothered getting my things that need dry cleaned, dry cleaned. I wonder if anyone will do that when I die. No. Why would you want it? Just go to the charity shop if they'll take it. <gasps> no, I want I want a dedicated son who's going to dry clean my clothes every week, even though I've passed. Okay. <laughs> that's my aspiration in life. <laughs> You've got to be very overbearing then. Any willing man out there who wants to um, help my dream come true, <laughs> DM me. <laughs> Yeah, but then they have to be, like, absent, though, because that's how it always happens, isn't it? The father's always absent with those relationships. Oh, yeah, so really, you just need to impregnate me, then leave. Yeah, and then you'll have a really... Creepy relationship with my child. Yeah. Okay, I'll think about it. I'll put an ad online. (laughs) (laughs) That's where all the perverts go, isn't it? Yeah. I'll put it on MSN Messenger. (laughs) In the year 2000, uh, Myvez <laughs> posted an ad online on the forum, The Cannibal Cafe. Not something I would have subscribed to, but go on. It makes me think of, like, you know, the Rainforest Cafe that they have. At Leicester Square, could you imagine? Oh, there's a new one called The Cannibal Cafe. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's not one you'd leave. You'd never leave. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's uh, it's uh, quite a eclectic menu. This Cannibal Cafe is now defunct. Thank God. <laughs> But it was an online space <laughs> where uh, cannibal um, fetishists could chat. Um, I, I don't think it was necessarily that people actually wanted to go through with it. It was just that they were sort of, they fantasising about it. It was a safe space. But not really a safe space <laughs> because of things that happened. It was the early days of the internet, people. Come on. This was before the dark web existed. Everything was just there already. Do you think it was? No, probably not, actually. 2000. Then again, that was 20 years ago. Wait, how old would I have been? 2000, wait, 13. No, I wasn't even MSN messaging at that point. Were you not? At 13? No. I think it was 14, 15. I swear I was like year 9, 10, 11. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I was AOL emailing. Oh yeah, going into chat rooms. Like, I shouldn't have been going into chat rooms. Like No, when I did, and I remember, I'm pretty sure I spoke to a paedophile. Yeah, I think <laughs> I did too. Like a few... They're all, they're all out there because you had to do that thing where it was like age, age sex location, didn't you? It was like ASL. Yeah. And they were always like 40-year-old men. I feel like I've got hazy recollection, but it's probably, I'd have to do one of those, what they called, where you go to... Oh, regression. Regression things to remember it because I feel like <laughs> something happened. 
and I think I was essentially groomed, probably probably by my best. Oh, God. I'm sure I was pretending to be older and those people pretending to be younger speaking to me. Scary stuff. This ad that he posted, it stated that he was seeking a well-built man aged 18 to 20 who would like to be eaten by me. Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. That's... I don't want to eat anyone. <laughs> oh, it's too rude. Uh, oh, actually, not 18 to 20. That's a very small window. Yeah, 18 to 20, because he was old, much older than that, wasn't he? Way older. Let me check. No, no, it says here 18 to 30. Oh, thank heavens that opens it up a bit. Sorry, maybe that was my subconscious <laughs> coming out when I typed up the notes. Would like to be. <laughs> Well-built man, 18 to 20. No, that's too young, Nicola. Come on. It is too young. You won't be able to talk to them about MSN Messenger. They'd be like, what? They'd be wanting to show you TikTok. No, I don't even know. I have to like log on to that. Is it even an app? I have no idea. No, thank you. 18 to 30. But then again, he was still older than that. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was definitely, like, trying to punch above his weight. Like we all have to, sometimes you've just got to open that window a bit more. Apparently, several men responded to the ad, which is quite surprising. One man was called Borg Jose. Um, (laughs) Star Trek character. (laughs) That's the first Star Trek reference that we're going to have in this story. There'll be other ones. So just stick around for those. Hold on tight. Uh, this guy, uh, he even got as far as to lie on my Vez's table. So he was going to cut him up. Uh, but then when Jose complained of feeling ill, he asked to leave and my Vez agreed. So he didn't like, it wasn't like a, you know, like a serial killer where they, once you're there, it's like you're not getting out. I mean, this is the thing. He's, he's put out an advert because he's looking for a service. But it's kind of, you know, it, it's something we've not, really seen before where it's someone that's asking to commit a crime yeah he's very open and honest about his intentions and what more can you ask for in this day and age you know what he's got integrity (laughs) and i like it (laughs) i might write to him in prison (laughs) spoiler i think that that was one of those cases where it was like the idea of the fetishism around cannibalism was the appealing thing and the actual doing of it. Like, the guy obviously realised when he got there, he was like, no, I don't want to do this. That's the thing. I mean, I guess it's, like you say, the sort of the fantasy of it. And then when you're actually getting there, you're actually thinking, actually, I'm going to be dead. <laughs> like, you don't really sort of completely gone through with the consequences of what you're agreeing to. But I mean, very nice that my let him go. Then came along Bernd Jürgen Brandes. Uh, who was known online as Cater99. He responded to the ad. He was a 43-year-old bisexual engineer. Oh, just outside the window. <laughs> 13 years out, out of his window, but online. I know. I don't think Mives could be that fussy. It was tall order what he was asking. I think he was in quite good shape as well, Brandes. So, yeah, he he was an engineer and he worked for Siemens. <laughs> um, he replied to... <laughs> Uh, who replied to Maivez's ad on the 14th of February, 2001. Is it Valentine's Day in Germany as well as... That's Valentine's Day, yeah, I was just thinking. Oh, romantic. Yeah, so, so romantic. And in that reply, he agreed to be eaten. Not so romantic. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although, it depends, like... Yeah, it depends on what you mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eat out to help out. So... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I went there. 
Brandes even suggested that Myves could use his skull as an ashtray. Very classy. You know those people that um, donate their skull to the Royal Shakespeare Company? Would you ever do that? Like, you know, for Hamlet? I just worried that, like, some sort of shitty intern would drop it and, like, I'd shatter on the floor. I Yeah, I don't think that I would want to be hanging around. If, there's lots of places that I'd like to be around, but I don't know if I'm stuck in a theatre. No. But, yeah, anyway. I don't know. I'll have a think about it. Does it have to be, like, a certain, like, measurement? I think I've got quite a small head. I wear, like, kid hats and things. Well, I could, yeah, I guess if it's someone with small hands, that'd be better. But you don't have to decide now. So, have a think. Okay, have a think. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deadline? <laughs> Just before you die. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the men chatted online, um, and they shared their lurid fantasies and agreed to meet on the 9th of March at Myves' mansion near Rotenburg. I bet Myves said, oh, come to my mansion. And then Brandes was got there and he was like, fuck this, already, catfish. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how much it was actually worth that house. No one would buy it now. No, but like it still had to be worth something because of like the land that it was. Like it was, It's a big house. It had like 36 rooms, I think. Mm. I mean, you'd knock it down, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Completely gut it or whatever. I don't think you could do 60-minute makeover on that. <laughs> no way. <laughs> 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 interestingly enough you can actually find a transcript of one of their chats online i thought we could um, act it out oh, i think that's a good idea who do you want to be oh i don't know so this is weird because what i read that um he was his alias online was frankie he might have kept changing it yeah so in this particular chat his name is antrophagus <laughs> that's phagus with a ph just I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know what that means, whether that means anything in German. I think it was a horror film. And then obviously we've said that uh, Brandes was K-99. So who do you want to be? Do you want to eat or be eaten? <laughs> I don't know. Have you got a preference? No, I don't mind. Can I actually be K-99? Can I be eaten? Because I like the first line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs> are you going to do an accent? Um, I might start off with an accent. Or are you going to do one? It feels like you have to with that first bit. I'll try. I'm not sure how to be German. No, maybe we'll not do that then. I'll do the first one with a bit of an accent. Okay. Um, so I'm Katie 99. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Kata. What do you do professionally? That you're us up so later tonight. I can't sleep well anymore because of our meeting. Maybe, <laughs> maybe leave the accent. Okay. It could be offensive. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it certainly is offensive. (laughs) Okay, it's your bit now. We will stop the accents. Okay, that's a sensible reason. Yesterday, I was incredibly tired. It was a stressful day. It's your line. Oh, sorry. It made no sense to me why I was saying that. But then I looked above and you'd ask me, what do I do? I was like, why am I just suddenly saying what my job is? Sorry, I'm trying to get into character, guys. I'm in telecommunications. Oh, that sounds interesting. I believe you. It doesn't really make sense, does it? Like, I'm just skipping out of character for a moment, just to say... <laughs> and it, I don't know if it's the translation, because obviously this would have all been in German, but it's, it, like this transcript seems quite... I don't know. It's not normal conversation. Yeah. It was on, I think it was on Harper's Bazaar magazine as well. Like It was like an article that someone had done. Never mind. We'll, we'll keep going. I'm looking forward to our meeting. It will definitely be really cool. I want it to be. I hope it'll be really cool. Are you setting an alarm clock? <laughs> it's only a few days until March the 9th. Still, I would have rather met you yesterday and felt your teeth. <laughs> 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 
He doesn't say, <laughs> Sorry, that was me. Unless he was like touching himself and saying, Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. One can't have everything. There's still some time before you really feel my teeth. I hardly know what to expect. Have you slaughtered a man before? Unfortunately, only in my dreams. But in my thoughts, I do it every night. So I'm the first? You have eaten human flesh before, or you haven't? No, you don't exactly find it in the supermarket, unfortunately. (laughs) Bit of jokes there. Bit of bads. How do you know if it will taste good to you, or that the blood won't make you sick? I'm readying myself with my dreams. Once I was so excited I grabbed a needle and drew my own blood so I could drink it. And your blood? It tasted good to you? It was quite tasty. Once I was drilling some holes and the drill slipped right into my hand. That was a real treat. Blood is the juice of life. It contains everything a person needs for nutrition. That I hope you won't wilt, that you can really see it through without a problem. Sorry, this is going to be quite hard to deliver this <laughs> line. No, let me just get prepare myself. <laughs> oh, okay. To bite into your penis will certainly not be easy. Living flesh is somewhat more resistant than fried, but one thing is certain, our dream will be fulfilled. But there's not so much in it as there is in muscle. Yeah, but the penis is principal. <laughs> He's got into, like, biology lesson now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if Luke comes back now. <laughs> oh, talking about people cutting off penises again. It's just like the first episode. Yeah, but the penis is principally a spongy material filled with blood. For both our sakes, I hope that's true. I hope you've also already thought about what's to be done with the rest. Fulfilling the dream shouldn't become a nightmare for you. No one will know where I've disappeared to. After you're dead, I'll take you out and expertly carve you up. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's just like so bizarre how they're talking. Like it's like you're chatting about you've just been to the shop or something. Yeah, exactly. Except for a pair of knees and some fleshy trash, skin, cartilage, tendons in brackets. There won't be much of you left. There will be a good bit, like the knees. I hope you have a good hiding place for them. I'll dry out the knees and grind them up soon after. (laughs) That makes me feel queasy. (laughs) This sounds like me, actually. Okay, they're good as fertiliser. I heard that once. I see you've thought about it. Good. Sounds like I'm the first. And you won't be the last, hopefully. I've already considered catching a young person from the street, but I would rather kill only those who want to be killed. That also doesn't sound bad. (laughs) What? It does really. No, sorry, wait. Came out character then. That also doesn't sound bad. But yeah, seeing as it's not so totally legal, this is in my eyes better than yanking somebody directly off the street. Totally legal? It's like, it is totally illegal. (laughs) Exactly. I'd do it if it were legal. And thin. <laughs> and seen. And we'll take our bow. <laughs> and I'm going to hold a skull up. Oh, bloody hell, that was intense. Yeah, it was. But not as intense as what's to come. So, on the 9th of March, 2001, Brandes went to Maivez's home. After having sex, Brandes swallowed sleeping pills. Ooh, I put... <laughs> didn't spell pills right it's like piss sleeping piss <laughs> <laughs> sleeping pills a bottle of Vicks cough medicine and some schnapps to ensure he was suitably dosed up Chris if you were 
gonna get cut up, what would you take? <laughs> not snaps, not schnapps. Like arches, that's what you used to drink when you peach schnapps. Oh, arches of lemonade. That was my go-to when I was like 15. Yeah, because it doesn't taste like alcohol. I think nowadays, it would have to be wine, wouldn't it? Wine's the nicest thing to drink. I think you need to mix things, though. Oh, yeah. So a bottle of wine. I'd be dead after a bottle of wine, in fairness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess I don't have any objections to the other things. It's just it's just the schnapps. Also, the Vicks cough medicine, as long as that doesn't taste too disgusting, because I don't really like... Other brands do exist. <laughs> other brands are available. Yeah. No, we do not encourage anybody to mix pills, cough medicine, or alcohol. No, definitely not schnapps. What about antihistamine? Because you can get drowsy antihistamine. Yeah, you can actually. Can't. Yeah, I think you'd have to take quite a lot though, wouldn't you? Yeah. I'd be worried because I'm sure there's a very fine line of overdosing and dying. Mm. Oh, I mean, does it matter? He's going to get... I know, yeah. Oh, yeah, good point. The thing that I thought about this though, if he's taking all this stuff, is that going to affect the meat? Like, the meat's going to be pumped full of drugs, isn't it? Ugh. I actually thought that when what happens later, I was like, I mean, yeah, when it's like like afterwards and these then I don't know like spoil it I think people know oh okay so when he's like then eating bits of it after I'm like yeah would it taste like not like Vicks cough medicine but would it have a I don't know I guess you can't tell what like if you have pork you can't t- taste what the pork's had the pig's had to eat well I guess it's different as well because like look at like free range and stuff like would it be different if a human was not very active or if it was an active human like if it's an active human surely they've got more like muscle fibers yeah so does that make it more tough probably right in if there's any cannibals listening <laughs> <laughs> but yeah do you know what i mean it's like maybe maybe a big person's better mm. to eat but i think some muscle is good though because like isn't there kobe beef from japan like that's quite muscly but they get massages it's to do with like I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. The attention they get. <laughs> yeah. If they're pampered. <laughs> this is a really loved piece of steak. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's not necessarily something I want to Google either. But the, I, I, because I watched a couple of documentaries, like there's not a lot of like high class documentaries out there, but there were a couple that I watched and apparently that whole thing about taking the sleeping pills and the cough medicine and the alcohol happened he'd already actually been to my house and sort of chickened out a bit and then he almost ended up going back home but then changed his mind again and decided that they were going to pick up all this stuff so he, he wouldn't he, i don't know like i guess to numb the pain but then at the same time he seemed to want the pain like that was his motivation that he wanted he's a bit sadomasochistic yeah, or it's certainly... He, he wanted that experience, didn't he? So it's the... Yeah, it's that fine line of making it so you can have that experience in terms of pain management, but then still being lucid enough to be able to enjoy the experience. Well, I think that's a problem. I think he did take too much because there is... I mean, not that you can... You can't watch this, thank God. But Myves filmed the whole sort of thing. It's like a four-hour film, videotape. It's like Tenet. And... <laughs> Yeah, so it was used, obviously, by the prosecution. But yeah, so they sort of argue that potentially, you know, he wasn't completely lucid. So we'll get into that later. But yeah, potentially it might have been a case that he did take too much. So Brandes initially wanted Myves to bite off his penis, but that didn't work. That's what I read. I didn't find any more information of why it didn't work. I'm assuming it's because it was just too... 
impossible to bite a penis off. Well, like, your teeth are not that sharp, are they? No. Yeah, so physically, they couldn't do it. So instead, Maivez cut it off. Brandes tried to eat some of his penis raw, but found it too difficult because it was too chewy. Apparently, people that saw the video actually said that he was very weak, and they think that not only was it because it was too chewy, but he actually just was losing strength and was finding it very difficult to physically do anything. So Maivez tried frying it... Bit like it was a gift there. <laughs> My best tried frying it with some salt, wine, garlic, and pepper, but burnt it. So neither of them could eat it. So he fed it to his dog. How did he burn it? Like, did he get distracted by the TV or something? I know you got one job. Like he should have just stayed by the stove. And also, anyone knows that with a like tough piece of meat like that, you need to get it in the slow cooker. You need it needs to be low and slow, not fried up. Oh, could you imagine? A Nigella, Nigella Lawson recipe. Yeah, you know what? There is nothing worse than burnt dick. Yeah. I'm sure that someone said that somewhere. A chef or someone some, somewhere said that. So because of his blood loss, as I said, Brandes was really, really weak and could only manage one bite of his own penis. Maivez drew Brandes a bath and over the next three hours read a Star Trek book and waited for Brandes to bleed out. That's peculiar, isn't it? Like, they're in separate rooms now, so he's just reading on his own. Mm. I read things. It, it sort of implied that he read... Well, no, it, it did say that they'd separated, so it sounded as though Maivez was reading the book to him. But then when I've read other things that are more, you know, trustworthy sources, he went into a separate room and left like left him and just expected him to, like, to go in there and he'd be dead. Could you do that? I found when I'm very anxious, which I imagine I would be in this situation, I, would, I find I, I get quite restless. So I'm not sure that I could sit and read a book. I'd have to go for like a three-hour run. So one of the documentaries that I watched was called Interview with a Cannibal. And it was actually, it had like quite a lot of clips with um, Maivez, um, an interview with him, like in prison. He's very charismatic, isn't he? Like if you see pictures of him, and he's, he's, very, very, he's very normal. He seems like, Nice. I think that's the the weird thing. But he actually, this is his account. So he read it. He went into a different room, read a Star Trek book. Did he finish it? I don't know. <laughs> Just wondering. But yeah, it's um really weird and not a good look for Star Trek fans. But I mean, I kind of bet he'd be a nerd, a Trekkie. Yeah, no offense, Trekkies. I like Star Trek. No offense. After more than three hours, Branda still hadn't died. So, sorry, I said it then like I was pissed off that he'd not died. Still hasn't. <laughs> so, my, my friends had grown impatient at this point. He'd probably finished his book and was like, fuck's sake. So, after saying a prayer, he grabbed a knife from his kitchen, kissed Brandes, and then stabbed him in the neck until he died. That's a very, like, violent way. Because the thing is, he could have probably just left him and he would have just eventually died. Yeah. So, yeah, that does seem a bit... Odd. Unless it's that sort of because I guess that's the thing, and when we go into like the trial later, it's all about sort of the sort of discussion of Brandes's fantasy and fetishism and what he wanted, but also the question of Maivez's fetish and fantasies and them sort of you know becoming intersected. But it was you know is that because he acted like that because he was like, well, I want to get my fetish fantasy underway now, and this is taking too long. You know what I mean? Is it that yeah. sort of? You know, it's all just guessing, but um, potentially. That was something that I was going to say. So, because obviously a lot of this, psychologically, they point to the fact that Maivez being abandoned by a large part of his family early on 
um, and just living with his mother and then his mother dies. He's very lonely and that's what leads him to this fantasy of like eating people. Like like he said before, he's had these dreams as a child of eating a younger sibling to feel like you've got people around you by eating people. It doesn't really make sense. Well, I suppose it's keeping somebody with you. It Like literally, you know, someone is with you because you've consumed them. But then why did he go into a separate room? Why didn't he spend time with him? Like that's what I, it's weird. I mean, unless... Brandes said, I don't know, or may I don't, I mean, I guess it's like it say, it's just guessing, but whether Brandes said he didn't want him to be with him or whether he felt too bad of what was happening, I don't know. Because maybe, maybe that wasn't what they planned, you know, because it sounds like it actually quite quickly, you know, they obviously had the penis eating session, but then it didn't sound like that was actually very successful. And Brandes had obviously, they obviously didn't know like how to they should I mean look at me expert but they should have obviously like tried to stem the bleeding because like they obviously didn't so he like became weak not just because he consumed sedatives but because he was losing copious amounts of blood through his an open wound so you know what I mean it sounds like maybe that escalated way quicker than they thought and it actually it wasn't what either of them had envisaged yeah well, because I think Brandes's main fantasy was about like having his penis chopped off or like bitten off. Because there's um a lot of people who came forward to say like that he had gone to clubs and spent time with like male sex workers and tried to get them to do the same thing. Right. But obviously, they all said no. No, thank you. <laughs> so Maida said later, my friend enjoyed dying death. I only waited horrified for the end after doing the deed. It took so terribly long. So I suppose that's him kind of saying why probably he went into a separate room. It sounded like maybe he didn't get the fantasy. His fantasy wasn't killing. It was the eating after. Hope you're all still listening. <laughs> so having fulfilled Brandes's fantasies, sort of eating his own penis, Mades could now indulge his own. So he put on an apron, hung Brandes on a hook and began to remove his flesh. Uh, wrapping it up and stacking it into his freezer beside a takeaway pizza. He then ground the bones into flour. Well, or I guess flour consistency, because flour isn't made of bones as far as I'm aware. (laughs) (laughs) When I'm making my cakes. No wonder there's been a shortage. (laughs) There's not enough bones around. (sighs) He videotaped the entire process, as I said, starting with Brandes' arrival and ending with his dismemberment. You'd think, actually, that the footage would have been used by Maivez's defence because it showed, beyond doubt, that Brandes had consented to his own murder, cannibalism, and then dismemberment, but it was actually used as evidence against Maivez, which we will discuss shortly. By November 2002, Maivez was starting to run out of Brandes' frozen flesh, so he posted another advert online asking for a willing victim. This was seen by an Austrian student and reported to the police who descended on Maivez's home. They found 15 pounds of flesh under pizza boxes in the freezer, as well as the video footage. I think he's got an issue for pizza as well. <laughs> I know, why is he buying pizza when he's got all that meat in the freezer that he needs using up? <laughs> he needs to work for it, he needs to use that. I bet, he, I bet he could never defrost his freezer. Well, I suppose he can't share it with anyone, so he can't like, have a barbecue and invite like the neighbours round. Oh, no. Or maybe he could, it could be like uh, Sweeney Todd and make pies out of it. Yeah, like, oh, a meat surprise. Yeah. By the time Maivez was captured, he had eaten 22 kilograms, that's 44 pounds, so just shy of two stone of Brandes. That doesn't seem like a lot of meat to me. Two stone? 
<laughs> yeah, but how mu- how much would a forty three year old man? Maybe I guess bones are heavy, and he would he would have taken everything, would he? Just meat, not tend like he said tendons and stuff like that. Sorry, this is grim. I don't know I'm, why I'm talking about it. So blasé. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So forty four pounds, and then another. So like that's two stone. Fifteen pounds is three stone. Uh, yeah. So three three and a half stone or something. I wonder if you did different dishes. You'd have to, wouldn't you? You couldn't have the same thing over and over again. Yeah, like I think, think like during COVID, I was me and my ex were just making the same dishes again and again. You don't realise when you can't go out and have dinner out and mix up your life that you just make the same dishes again and again and again. Like you've got like six dishes that you always go to and you're like, fucking hell, this is dire. Apparently he buried the skin and innards in the garden. So that's another bit of weight that wouldn't have counted. And the skin's the largest organ in the body, isn't it? So that must be weighty. But I'm surprised about that because I think that, you know, skin is always the best bit of... Crispy. Yeah, like crispy skin. (laughs) Yeah. Like crackling and on a roast chicken. Or duck. Yeah, duck skin. Yeah, crackling. And as we'll say in a bit, it's quite... Like pork, so it probably would be like crackling. Yeah, I bet it would. Well, sometimes if you ever burn yourself, it does start to smell a bit like that. I've... Did you sprinkle salt on it? <laughs> yeah, I'd be like... <laughs> Tempted. Uh, then it was like, what's that on your arm? Nicole? like, oh, it's just my open wound, my crackling. <laughs> yeah. Lick it when I get peckish. Yeah, because I, I used to work on a pizza counter at Safeway. Like, it was one of my first jobs. And they had this, like, vacuum wrap machine that you put the pizza on, like, a cardboard thing. And it had heat coming up from the underneath, so it would vacuum pack the, p- the plastic. But you just had to do it with your bare hands, and it would get so hot. And I used to get, like, you could smell it, like, burning your skin. Oh, my God. you get, like, scars on your arms. I mean, I probably should have, like, <laughs> not agreed to do it. No, I'm not sure the health and safety is completely on point there. But, like, you just had to do it, though. Yeah, but... Because how old were you? 15, 16. Like six, 16, yeah. Exactly. No one's got a voice at 16. Or they certainly shouldn't. They certainly shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pipe down. So, yeah, he'd eaten almost two stone of Brandy's flesh and Maivez admitted immediately to what he'd done. Again, which is like, you know, he wasn't trying to hide the fact that he'd eaten the guy. But I mean, what can you do? Like, I do not know how that human flesh is in there. I do yeah. not know how that videotape has me being recorded, <laughs> killing this man. I <laughs> plead the fifth. So he told detectives that he would cook him with garlic and olive oil and would decorate his table with candles and use his best cutlery. That's nice. He said that South African red wine accompanied the flesh, which he also said tasted like pork. I don't mind, like, <sighs> pulled pork, but I'm not, like, keen on, like, pork joint. So I'm not sure I'm quite out to be a cannibal. Oh, uh, I, I like all forms of pork, so maybe I am. Or, like, bacon. But again, I don't forget, I think it'd be, like, a pork, like, like a pork chop. It's going to be like that kind of meat, isn't it? Yeah, but if you cured it, it probably would be like bacon. Okay. I feel like he didn't totally do all the different things he could have done. Yeah, I think so. Did he make sausages? Nobody knows. I do find that a bit like Hannibal Lecter-ish though, where he's like, oh, this kind of wine goes well. Yeah. Like, I think he's playing up to that. Bottle of Chianti. Although that's not actually true. That's They changed that for the film. In the book, it's not Chianti. Oh, yeah. It's something else, isn't it? Yeah. I can't tell you what, though. Let me check. I like a Rioja. Oh, I thought Hannibal Lecter wine, and it's like, Hannibal Lecter really knows his stuff when it comes to wine and food matching. In the sequel to Size of the Lambs, Hannibal, he matches a croissant hoon Riesling from Alsace with brains. I'm like, that's not the bit. I'm lo- I love a Riesling. Bloody love a Riesling. And that would be good because it's German as well, so it'd probably be cheaper. Yeah, so they get it cheap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> local produce. 
Uh, Amarone. Amarone. That's what he actually... Oh, I've not even heard of that, I don't think. Is it Italian? Yeah. And, like, you can't get... I'm looking at on the shopping bit for on Google. They're all, like, at least £20. Oh, well, <laughs> Too much. I very rarely buy anything that's more than £20, unless maybe if it's, like, a natural wine. I would rarely buy it if it's over a fiver, to be honest. you got to find one that's on offer. I think the, the sweet spot for me is £7. <laughs> yeah, £7 if you're treating yourself. If I'm going to someone's house, I might take, like, uh, uh, I'll take, like, a 10 or 15 bottle. Would you? Oh, I'd go the other way, where it's, like, get the cheap stuff in <laughs> Get the Lambrini in. What, like the two... I, you know what? If I'm actually... I don't know what this says about me. If I'm going to someone's house, I would um, get a bottle with a actual cork. That's what I do. I don't even look at... Well, I do look at price. I won't go like, oh, this has got a cork. It's £400. That's fine. I'll be like, what's the cheapest bottle I can get that's with a cork? Because I don't want to screw top. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, yeah. Hope you've got a wine bottle opener. The best thing is if you get... Uh, an £8 bottle of wine, but it's on offer, so it's like £6 or five, five to £6. That's perfect. Yeah, and you're like, I can say, if anyone says anything to me, I can say, oh, it was £8, but really it was 3 You're saying that like uh, someone would ask you how much the wine is, but I know that you would be like, it, it was £8. Or like, <laughs> it was six pa- It was £8, but it was supposed to be 6 <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And also, who would do that? Like, could you imagine, like, taking a bottle of wine to one and be like, how much was it? And be like, uh, £9? And they'd be like, oh, thank you very much. Do you want the receipt? Yeah. Can you please show me? I don't quite trust it. Now they will, after this conversation. Fuck. We fucked ourselves, Chris. Oh, no. We'll just have to go to each other's houses because we know what to expect. So, it took police seven months to put the case together trawling through Maivez's computer to find evidence of his correspondences over the past few years. They also found thousands of images of torture and porn. And probably torture porn. <laughs> Again, something else that was in that documentary where they were like, they found thousands of images of torture and porn and holiday photos. <laughs> like, as if those were, like, in the same league. I can't imagine he'd go on holiday. Well, he, he went on, like, sa- sailing holidays. I think, with people. Oh, he like he worked on a boat or something. Oh, it looks like somebody would wear deck shoes, like all the time. My God, it sounds like my ex. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I bet he's got loads of pictures of torture and porn and holiday pictures. Does he like pork? I thought you say porn. I was like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think he does, actually. Oh, watch out. Lucky escape, guys. Lucky escape. On the 17th of July 2003, he was charged with murder. Maivez was tried, and on the 30th of January 2004, he was convicted of manslaughter and sentenced to eight and a half years in prison. So, due to the sheer mentalness of this case, it attracted a great deal of media attention. I remember seeing it on, like, the front of papers and stuff. Me too. So, not only that, but it was revealed that in Germany... I love that they didn't actually know this Germany. It was obviously just like, oh, by the way, cannibalism is, in fact, legal... And so that that sort of encouraged a fierce debate on whether Maivez had actually done anything illegal because Brandes had consented. A former boyfriend of Brandes, Victor Serrano, that's a great name, isn't it? Mm. That's like something out of, like a detective. I hope he's done something really like that with his life, like really aspired, you know. If you have a great name, you've got to do something great. Victor Serrano told the court that Brandes had offered him £3,300. I think that the conver- that's the conversion rate. <laughs> it's not so pre- that's so precise. To bite off his penis. Serrano said... Burned, Brandes, kept urging me to bite off his penis. He always achieved orgasm when I placed my teeth around it. 
He wanted to be bitten everywhere, but the penis was his fantasy, his obsession. He offered me money, some 10,000 Deutschmark. Oh, there we go. So the 10,000 translated to 3,300. Oh, that was before they were in the euro. In April 2005, a retrial was ordered. And on the 12th of January 2006, the retrial began. Myvez was retried after prosecutors appealed the verdict, arguing that it was too lenient and that they instead pushed the murder for sexual gratification angle and also a law that said that he was disturbing the peace of the dead because he'd, you know, cut Brandes up. So further viewing of the videotape proved to the jury that Myvez killed Brandes for sexual pleasure. Uh, so he was convicted of murder in May 2006. It's worth noting, but not remotely shocking, that some of the jury who viewed the videotape actually needed therapy afterwards. I can't believe that they let them watch it. I mean, I think it was like small clips and like photos, Uh, but apparently, I mean, I do not encourage this, but there are leaked images online. No, oh my God, please don't. Yeah, I've not looked at or anything. I've got quite a strong stomach, but I wouldn't. I just think, I don't know. I think when you see the victim, I just think there's something quite disrespectful. But no, so they had to like see awful pictures. So these people were like scarred. A psychologist also stated that Maivez could reoffend, as he still has fantasies about devouring the flesh of young people. The prosecution basically said that although he fulfilled Brandes' request to be murdered... They think that killing Brandes was more to satiate Maivez's sexual desires rather than Brandes's desires. Additionally, they argued that after consuming the Vicks, sleeping tablets and the alcohol, Brandes would not have been capable of making a decision. So that's what they argued, which is why he got life instead of eight and a half years. Maivez is currently serving a life sentence in Cassell Prison with no possibility of parole. And one of the most shocking facts of the case. (laughs) He's only a bloody vegetarian now. He's probably vegan now. Probably stepped it up a notch. Do you think that was because eating meat was too much of a turn-on in prison? Like, too much of a temptation? I think he didn't actually like meat, though. Because I think I've seen interviews with him where he says he doesn't... He hates... He became repulsed by the taste of meat. I don't know if that's because of after the whole... Or because he was trying to eat so much. Yeah, he was just trying to get through it. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't get gout. <laughs> Isn't that a tactic sometimes if you eat too much of some? You know, you eat too much of something that you like and it makes you hate it yeah maybe so yeah and i think part of the reason that he's a vegetarian is like he's um he's all about the environment as well he works in the prison library and he joined a prisoners group for green party politics he's refused repeated requests from film companies and publishers to the rights to his story and has instead bestowed the global rights to a hamburg-based company stamp work for no charge but under the agreement that they give an accurate account. Fair enough. I sort of think, like, how are they going to make something of that? Unless it's a horror film, how can you... What are they going to make it a love story? Like, I don't know how they're going to... Because I feel like Sounds of the Lambs Hannibal Lecter sort of fills that cannibal void of, like, a serious film, Oscar winner. I don't know how they're going to... Because you won't be able to show all that horrible stuff that happened. So what is it going to be based about? Do you know what I mean? How they film that? It's unfilmable, isn't it? Do you think he's hoping that it's going to be more from like the point of view of... It's like a story of redemption that like... Because when you see interviews with him, he, he does seem... Not rem- uh, Yeah, I think he is remorseful. Obviously, he's a vegetarian, so he wouldn't do it again. And he's obviously like an intelligent man and can reflect. And, and, he, like, and that's the thing, like, to him, this is... So this is what we said, like, this, it brings up the question of consensual murder. Like, is actually, are you actually doing something legal if the person you murder wants to be murdered? And I guess it's like all that dignitas and right to die. Like, if you want to die, 
And this is what it has created a lot of dialogue around this. Because, yeah, if you say, I want to die, every you know, you can, anyone can go and kill themselves, you know, commit suicide. So surely if you have that right, you can choose the way you die. And if you want to die by being cannibalised, you know, whatever floats your boat. But then, you know, that's the thing. He's, although they were obviously aware of the consequences, like when we did that chat, they both, you know, he said, oh, I have thought about taking someone from the street, but that's not legal. And it's like, yeah, so I'd much prefer to do it this way. Like, he's obviously completely aware of wrong and right. Yeah, well, that's something that one of the psychologists, because he wasn't considered to be, he was considered to be um, sane and rational, so he's not in a, like, mental institution. The main reason for that is that it's a fetish-based crime, like, it's paraphilia, so it means that he's in control of his actions. So he's not like a serial killer who's, like, compelled to do it. like he he wants to do it but like i don't know if he would do it again like we were saying that if the other party didn't consent well that's the thing with serial killers they're not most of them are like sociopaths they have no empathy they can't empathize with the victims that's how that's why they can go and commit those crimes because they can't they don't empathize with humans the human race and if they do have wives kids husbands it's because it's putting on that act and that's the thing like he was asking in two you know he told his friends in 2000 that he was talking to people so for a few years he was talking to people and you know not once that i mean that we're aware of did he just kidnap someone off the street and just to, to fulfill his own fantasies like he was trying to get a willing victim you know i mean can you i don't know i was gonna say can you even call it a victim because they consented like he consented but yeah like i said They've sort of, you know, the prosecution have said he wasn't in his right mind. But I feel like the defence could have done better. You know what I mean? Like, you would surely just show all these transcripts and say, yeah, but he wasn't on sleeping pills and alcohol and Vicks cough medicine when he wrote, had these conversations. But I don't know. I suppose the fact of the matter is that he did kill him at a point where... Could have got help. Yeah, because, like, he was out of it, wasn't he, when he, you know, finished him off. If he'd have done the thing with the cutting off the penis and left him, that's what he wanted him to do, because there was, like, loads of evidence of that, but it's, like, that that was quite a violent murder that he performed on, like, you know, that he actually cut into his throat, and, yeah, so it's really complicated. Mm. And with him saying that the sexual nature, you know, like, them saying that there was a sexual element to the killing and then the dismemberment and the cannibalization. Whether there's something on those videos that we've not seen or been made privy to that shows that, do you know what I mean? Like we, he's sort of spoken about how that's his fetish, but whether there's sexual acts or whatever that have occurred on the video that we've not been made privy to that adds an extra dimension potentially. He says in one of the interviews that he had, they had sex together before, before he, you know, and this all started, like, cutting off of body parts and killing him. So, and yeah, and as well, like, the motivation feels different. Like, that whole thing about, like, oh, I want to eat someone so that they'll be a part of me. Like, it's obviously completely twisted and wrong. But, oh, I don't know. It's really complicated. It's not It's not so, like, black and white as murder, is it, when it's, like, when he has clearly given his consent to die? Well, that's it. I think it's that, it's that question of, you know, because serial killer victims, you know, never, never, never consented to be murdered. But then again, it then brings in the question, like, 
I guess if this became a thing, the person who was requested to die or be murdered or whatever would have to be like go through psychological tests and things to make sure that they were a sound mind. Yeah, he clearly wasn't in his right mind, Brando. It's like he had issues himself. It was just two people coming together that both had... Intense fetishes. Two people that came together that obviously had family-related issues that happened to sort of cross over where they were able to, like, enact their own fantasies. And if it hadn't have been Myves that had done it, I'm sure he would have found someone else to do it, like, eventually, this guy, or he would have done something. Especially if he was offering, like, 10,000 marks... There's going to be some sort of individual that would probably have done it. And maybe not in, I don't know, like some t- when you sort of read about it and like it actually, like him sort of kissing him before he killed him and stuff, it actually sounds a bit, to say not romantic, but it sounds <laughs> a bit like <laughs> Romeo and Juliet kind of like, I don't know, like a weird sort of, well, I guess it, that sort of connection and bond. I think just like actually like an emotional pain. And I think that's part of the reason maybe he wanted to experience this overwhelming sense of pain Brandes because maybe he was feeling like a deep emotional pain and wanted to make that stop so I think like that's the real tragedy that neither of them got to people who could help them before this all happened to like realize that all these fetishes are related to issues from their past that they need to sort of sort out (sighs) heavy He's spoken to a German newspaper addressing the increase in websites dedicated to him after his 2002 arrest and people advertising for willing victims. He said they should go to treatment so it doesn't escalate like it did with me. So yeah, it is a case where he he can see now that his actions were in response to things that he needed to get sorted out psychologically. So in 2018, he appealed for an early release, but it was rejected. It is customary in Germany for people sentenced to life to be released after serving 15 years. Annoys me because it's not life, is it? I hate people that release. If you give someone life, don't say that there. Just say, oh, I'm giving you 23 years in prison. If it's life, it's life. Fucks me off. It's the same in the UK though, isn't it? Like, life is not life. But then is this one of those situations where he's, like, he's atoned, like, he's seen the errors of his ways, maybe he should be? Yeah, I mean, I think this is difficult because of the consensual murder aspect to it, but I think if someone murders someone in cold blood, then they should get life for the life they took. A court in Cassell rejected his release, and the Frankfurt State Court said it has now rejected Maivez's appeal. It said judges had correctly determined with advice from expert that there is currently no favourable outlook for his future behaviour. In May, it was revealed that he, he has been leaving prison for brief supervised excursions, and he wears disguise when he goes out. It's such a naff disguise. <laughs> yeah, just the uh, standard sunglasses and a cap to protect his identity. But I don't know if I would have known if we'd not really, like, gone into it. I don't know if I... No, even now, I won't be able to, like, pick him out of a lineup. So, that's our episode on Demetskermeister. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't really say he was a master butcher. No. I mean, he learnt all of his butchery skills from the forum online, didn't he, I think? So it wasn't like he was actually a butcher. That would be like the most like worst thing ever that you've got a body in front of you. You're like it's like you know when you decide to move, like take everything out of your wardrobe and fold it or something. You're like, <laughs> this is a mammoth task that I did not realise. <laughs> like there's a body hanging on a hook. I'd be like, I do not know where to start. <laughs> I'm gonna watch an episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills to try and just process. <laughs>
But yeah, so that's our episode. So I feel like we're doing a nice sort of coverage of different crimes. We're trying not to sort of focus too much on like all serial killers or anything or sort of the more... Just good stories. Yeah, yeah. More interesting stories. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Again, if you're enjoying this immensely, I mean, maybe not this one, a bit grim, but if you've enjoyed other ones, or if you really do enjoy this one, give us um, a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Apple, Google, Spotify. Is it on Spotify? Yeah, we're, I think we're pretty much everywhere, like wherever you like to listen. And you can follow us on Instagram as well at that crime of the month. And if you want to get in touch with us as well, uh, you can send us a direct message on there or email us at tcotmpod at gmail.com. Well done. Yeah. Couldn't even process that when you were doing it. And we'll be back. Yeah, two weeks with a periodical. Two weeks with a periodical, yeah. Perfect. Right, guys. Guess we'll say bye. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Enjoy your dinner. Oh. <laughs> Don't have any pork. Bye. 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 <laughs>